Welcome to New Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks with the hottest takes of 2021. My name is Brandon. I am Eric. And I'm Ben. Each week, we're looking at two albums released in 2021. And at the end of the year, we'll rank and compare all 100 albums. And tonight, we're kicking things off with Spectral Lore's Heterophoto. And then we'll continue on to Mary Cognitum with Solar Paroxysm. And we will conclude with Neptunian Maximalism and Solar Drone Ceremony. So, God, I've been so looking forward to this fucking episode. Like, I've been stoked. So these albums were announced like two or three months ago. And yeah. And uh, listeners of the show will remember that these are the three artists that made our two top albums last year. Because uh, Spectral Lore and Mary Cognitum worked together on Wanderers. And then there was uh, Neptunian Maximalism with Eons. And yeah, they, they were tied. Very actually. agreed upon. Yeah, yeah, they tied for they for, tied for, for best first. album of the year. Yeah. Ben, you were composites. the you were the outlier that didn't have a uh, one of one of them is the top, right? That's true. I had Aronsi Pazuzu as my album of the year, so yeah. I, I I made it so that um, uh, there was not a definitive answer. <laughs> on and then I picked uh, I picked Neptunian Maximum. And I, I had Wonders, and you had Wonders at the top. So yeah, yeah. so. Um, but we had a ton of agreement on those. Yeah, two, I, mean, so, we, I mean, we that's pretty rare. I, yeah. I didn't expect to have that sort of agreement at the top. It, it's so. pretty rare that we agree on something where we love it as much as we loved those albums. Yeah. And one thing I do also want to bring up is that uh, obviously this is our uh, a triple album episode, and there is over three hours of music going into this which is actually shockingly less than i would have anticipated yeah no i was expecting it to be around like four, four hours five, total yeah. I, I was um, thinking closer to four yeah um and uh the longest one is our first one today is uh, spectral lore which um so going back to wanderers um i it took me a while to decide like okay who's part of Wanders did I enjoy more and I I do think uh I preferred Mari Cognitum's contributions to Wanders more than Spectral Lore's and I kind of get was of the opinion from talking to you guys about that that uh you guys disagree with that well now I I didn't really take an opinion because I uh, I don't even re- really remember who was who on the song, so I don't think I really took a position on that. Okay. Eric may have. I think I just barely liked uh, Spectral Lore more. Okay. Of of the three, I mean, I had stupidly high expectations for all of these. Yes, um, I did as well. But I would probably say my quote-unquote lowest were for Spectral Lore. So I, I would not have agreed with that when they were announced, but after I looked at the album covers, that was my position. Oh, God, the album cover for this one sucks. It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah um, I can't tell if I love it or hate it. I, I, it's very unpleasant to look at. <laughs> it's very unpleasant. <laughs> it looks like, I, like a biblical, like <laughs> like just, you know, medieval, just obsessed with, you know, suffering and death <laughs> style of art on it. It's it reminds me of something you'd see on the uh, the SCP thing. Remember that? Oh, God. Yeah. No, SCP's dope as shit. But yeah, no, it does kind of remind me of that. Um and I, th- I think now is kind of at the point where we have to say our opinion on it. We beat around the bush uh, enough. Uh, this album kicks ass. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty good. It's to me, it's not quite as good as like last year's stuff. No, but it's a very good album. Yeah, no this this is not a, as good or better or whatever than Wanderers. 
but I thought this kicked ass. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I liked it too. Um, it was, I would say it met my expectations, uh, probably didn't exceed them, but um, I did like that it was a very different uh, direction than Wanderers. Um, I, I can see, you know, that spectral lore contributed to it, but the sound here is is a pretty radical departure I, okay. um, from, from what we got on Wanderers. Which I'm actually, which cool. I'm, I was really happy with I was that. Too. Uh, I was too. Getting a a completely new sound, more or less, yep. on here. This was a stressful, stressful this album. This is a very stressful album. So unpleasant. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I will say, I'm not a fan of his vocal style on mm -hmm. here. Um... But one thing that does make up for that is how fucking sick the bass is. Well, that was that. that was what we loved the most on uh, Wanderers from him, was too. How was fucking sick his bass is. And the his, bass work. And his bass work on here is still... I was going to say the guitars for me. The, the riffs were by far the standout. I got to say, the guitar too, though, was, like, was really impressive here. Like, you know, Spectral Lore, I love your music. You know that. But, God, the mix on this is ass. Yeah, I mean the mix on Wanderers was ass I mean, too, but this was a whole new level of was ass. It? Yeah, it's kind of. I don't I know if I'd that. say. I think it, they're comparably bad. I didn't mind it because I'm used to it at this point. It's what I expected. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, it just like to me, this one goes a little bit beyond bad mm -hmm. in a black metal style and, and starts to get into just kind of to, bad, to just bad. Which is is an opinion uh, that at least I've kind of developed for Wanderers too, like. Like, yeah, Wanders is, like, it. it is kind of in the style, but, man, Wanders is kind of mixed like shit. And yeah. this is also kind of mixed like shit. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Wanders, well, to me, just barely fits into that, like, it's black metal. This one was a little bit on the other side of that, where it's like, I would have, even for black metal, I would have liked, you know, 10% more on the mix. Uh -huh. I think the fact that the playing is so good, though, makes it, make, kind of makes up for that. Well, I, I had to get that out of the way, because that's like the last bad thing I really have to say about this. I, I, mean, I got some other kind of... I got one more kind of bad thing to say on this album, and then after that we can start getting more into the good things. Um, I wasn't a fan of... Have, of ending on that 20 minute pure atmospheric I was going to say the same thing. That, it was like strong Pluto vibes there. Yeah. Except, it, except ex not, not quite as good. a tenth as good as Pluto. I was kind of disappointed by by the last track. I, I, like, I like it. I just wish that level of atmosphere could have been incorporated into right. the album. Right. Yeah, it was so... Instead of just putting all of the atmospheric parts at the very at end. At the very end. Yeah, it was kind of like like a like a just a gradual like falling action that didn't really make sense given the context of the album and I thought for an atmospheric piece it wasn't as atmospheric or interesting as I was would have hoped it would be. It if, just, I was kind of bored during yeah, a lot of parts of it. It, it kind of remind it kind of made me think like did Spectral Lore forget? He's like, "Oh, I make atmospheric black metal. Let me do this <laughs> thing at the end to get the atmosphere." Yeah. Outside of that, like it's not really atmospheric, no, but it not. is a kick-ass black metal record. Yeah, and up I, until I, that, point. I will say the other thing that I would maybe complain about is I think for me, it's it almost falls into the trap of oh, I need to have long meandering compositions, like, I, but I don't know that the music quite supported the track breakdown in the sense like most of these tracks have one at the least, or two, or sometimes three points where the track kind of ends and yes. then starts again. Right. And it's kind of like, you almost could have broken those up. Like, I I don't mm -hmm. need your tracks to be 12 minutes long. If you have three 
eight minute tracks or you have, you know, well, four minute tracks or whatever, like that's fine. That's totally okay. And and I think it like to me it, it didn't feel like twelve minute compositions. They kind of no, felt like maybe I, three, four minute compositions exactly. in a movement. Spliced which, together into a song. Which, which is fine, but I, I would have almost liked to see if you just fleshed each of those out another, you know, 10, 15 seconds on each of those sections to make them their own track, maybe. Because I mm-hmm. think it hurt the flow for me a little bit because I got kind of confused where I was in the piece. Yeah, and that's another reason I, I had a very hard time remembering what each individual track was for that very reason because everything is just you know there was almost uh not that it was disjointed necessarily because it wasn't really that but uh you know within each track there'd be you know several completely different movements that it was hard to tie it into one thought mm. and so i it's kind of a disorienting album well now to, to get back to praising the album now that we've kind of talked about some of those things that i think are like to me those are the things that are making this like I would, I would classify this as a really good black metal album, but it doesn't have that like genre transcending top album ever kind of vibe to me. And and those are the reasons why. Now, why is it a top tier kind of black metal album to me? Well, for one, one thing, and you know, not to spoil too much, but something that I love that Spectral Lore does is he has some classic riffs on this thing. Mm-hmm. There are moments where it's like, this is huge, like Slayer vibes. Yeah, I was going to bring up Slayer too. Another band I would bring up uh, that I got a lot of... Um, I, that I uh, picked up a lot on this album is Tool. Like, yeah. to me, this is kind of like a lot of the music on here is what Tool is what Tool fans think Tool actually does. Yeah, there's there's a like, lot of that. And like, it, I, I love that about his work and that it goes very nicely between the the esoteric kind of very almost you know orchestral compositions that you get in black metal and then like just regular metal riffs that just like hit you in the chest, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't get that on a lot of other, like, you know, I, I love the other artists too, but that's something they don't give me that he does give me. Yeah. No, the, the, the riffage of this it's album just is so just, good. The riffage is incredible. The, the riffs are just, yeah. Like you said, just and it's kick constant. you in the face. It's constant too. I mean, there's yeah. always something ridiculous going on with the guitar. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and the, the guitar at times, like it's like overwhelming. Yeah. Like, yeah it kind, so much. kind of like going to Neptunian maximalism last year where, where we said like, it's kind of like just drowning in sound. Like there are moments on this album where like I'm drowning in thick pummeling riffs. Yeah, you've got just like so yeah. brutal. Except not so for me, this album was really interesting in that it was a very like I don't know how to describe it. It was kind of like an external feeling where all the sound it was like right on the edges of my eardrums in a way that you know it doesn't. It's like kind of the opposite of what you'd get from like Neptunian last year, which is like very deep heart gut based listening experience. And this was just so frenetic and so stressful that's really difficult to internalize. And I think that's that's a, a praise of the album because clearly that's what he was going for. But mm-hmm. it, it's just such an unpleasant thing where you can't really sit and relax and take the music in because it's just it's like just these little pricks in your eardrums, you know. On mm-hmm. this, uh, and it's it's like this the sounds outside of you, and but it's also you know really grating. And I think they accomplished that really well here, even though it's obviously not pleasant. It I might think there's put some people off. Like I, I think similarly, some of the the mixed choices. Not in the sense of like, uh, like oh, how much EQ I put on the guitars, but like where I put stuff. Like there's a moment on um, the second track, The Golden Armor, where he just kind of goes hard right panning on a lot mm-hmm. of the main elements for a minute. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it has that kind of disorienting vibe and stuff like that, but still, you know, very intentional, not like 
oh, I made a mistake kind of thing. And it's really good, I think, in that sense. Some mm-hmm. of the choices there are, are awesome. Which kind of going back to our uh, our complaints of like the mixing and stuff, like it kind of upsets me because like when he does shit like that, like it's clear to me that he can make really good production choices. And mm-hmm. yeah, but it just yeah, I am curious on here. I'm lot. curious to see like what someone doing black metal but really paying attention to the production, like what that could sound like. And I'm trying to think of the JQQ. <laughs> Or, uh, yeah. Oh wait, no, that, that's the album. Liturgy. Liturgy is the band. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was trying to think of an example. Yeah. That'd that, probably be. That's the, that's a, that's actually a good. Um, I did like that album quite a bit. I did not like that. I album. know you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just don't like the Liturgy. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, and I, you know I think it's it's fair to say too like mixing like the the static overall mix not the like oh we should put this here and put this there is a totally different skill set. And I rip people for bad production constantly on here, but that's usually people that have clearly paid somebody to mix their album. Like, it's like that. That's more of a you should go get your money back complaint. <laughs> Obviously, he did his own work here, and so and yeah, and it's, also it, it's one dude. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's not a good mix, but I can kind of forgive that because clearly, you know, composition and riff writing are where his strengths are. And I'm not going to hold him to the same standard that I would hold like a Kesha to somebody who's going to go pay a top producer to mix their album. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's never going to be that good. And so I think that's, I think it's fair. I don't think it's quite fair to say he makes some really good choices in some things. And then overall the quality, it's, it's a different skill set. I think, I think he makes excellent compositional choices because he's really extremely skilled at that. Mm -hmm. Did any of you guys pick up any similarities to Imperial Triumphant by chance? I have not revisited Imperial Triumphant since okay. I heard I it. You, so I, you hated it. Uh, I haven't really either. Okay. Well, to me, it, it seemed like I think it was more the style of playing definitely reminded me of that. Although the production and the the quality of the sound on Imperial Triumphant was was much different. It was more like crisp and and uh, like disjoint or not disjointed, but it was it was more like right and very direct. Whereas this was more of like a uh, you know, wash together in the general sound, but I thought the the style of of just super stressful playing definitely um, raised some similarities for me. But yeah, I can, I can definitely see a that. very different yeah. uh, overall feel. To I, it. I can see where you're coming from from what I do remember on the off of Alphaville. Yeah, um, it's gonna be kind. Of, that's that is kind of all I got to say about it. Um, and this is another case where the music sounds like the album cover looks. Yes, it's it very, does. Very unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, like, it's... I enjoyed most moments of this album, It's, but it doesn't quite have that, like, overall journey that an hour and a half album would have to have to be absolutely top tier from me. No, mm-hmm. It's not really much of a journey at all. It, it's, it's just kind of... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, a journey. Thing, it's, like, it's an experience. Right. Like right. it's kind of like getting mugged, but with a sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good metaphor. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't say I was disappointed in this. No, no, me no neither, but my expectations were definitely met. Uh, I, I don't. It's a good album. I would say I wasn't disappointed, but I think my expectations were a little higher than what I got. But that being said, this is still a very, very good album, and I mean the album just absolutely kicks ass like some of like the coolest riffs yeah i've heard in a really long time yeah yeah absolutely very creative i mean Mm -hmm. you'd think there was only so much you can do with a metal riff but man it the the ingenuity 
with just the composition here on, on the riffs alone were was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah it's a really good balance between just classic hard-hitting metal riffs and that more involved composition, that more structured kind of stuff. You can't hum along to these riffs. Like they're not, no. it's not like that's a badass riff. Don't no, but no, really, no, you can't, you can't even follow them because it's happening so fast. And there's so much, there's so many different, you know, spectral clearly and, does not follow along the Kirk Hammett belief of you need to sing your guitar lines. No, <laughs> no he does not think that at all. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, highly recommend it. Check it out. It's, um, it, it didn't live up to Wanderers to me, but... Oh, God, no. Damn, but that's a, a real high bar. bar. But th- that's yeah. a real high bar, and he did an admirable job. Yeah. So uh, I do think that takes us to um, the other... The other uh, part of the duo. The other part of the duo. Maricognitum. Maricognitum. Solar Paroxysm. The title with, of this album. Yeah. Um, so first, we'll, I guess we'll start with uh, the album art on yeah. here. Fuck the album art on this is so fucking sick. It's really cool. It's fucking cool. Um, yeah, I love this. Um, I'll be honest. I, I I I bought the vinyl for this, but I also bought the vinyl for this before I even heard it. I actually pre-ordered it because uh, ever since uh, we recorded um, uh, Wanderers last year, I have bought um, the entire discography of Mariah Cognitum. So one thing I want to do right now is I want to stake my claim as the world's biggest Mariah Cognitum fan. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. So I, I agree with that. I, I feel like that feels a little. Uh, Seems like uh, we might have an idea of how you felt about. Yeah, this I fucking out. loved this. This I I loved this not quite as much as Wanders, but pretty goddamn close. That high for you? Yeah, I love no the kidding. hell out of this. No kidding. Yeah, I, this one again not quite as good as Wanders was, but I mean it was everything but. I think the only thing that this didn't have that Wanderers did have was just the the concept wasn't quite as as well incredible. Executed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the concept was clearly not uh, as lofty, right? As what they were going for. This was more of a straightforward, I think. You know, mm. just hard hitting black metal album. And I think in that regard, it definitely checked all the boxes. I wouldn't say I was blown away by it. Um, again, I think my expectations were met but definitely not exceeded on this one. Yeah, this didn't like blow me away like like Wanderers did, but I was when going back to what we said about spectral lore where it's like you don't quite go on a journey. To me, I went on a journey with this album. Like I just the the whole theme of it and I really rode the wave of just this, you know, galactic destruction of the human race and um like one thing that um, I really, really enjoyed about uh, this album is it kind of like starts off and it gives me like a like telling the story of the apocalypse after it happened, sitting around a campfire like mm-hmm. that. Like it, it, was, it was just such a like a vivid like soundscape to me. And like I can really uh I, I really got consumed by this album. Like, um, my, uh, my comparison to this for, uh, uh, the Diablo fans out there is just remind me of Deckard Cain. Just stay a while and listen as he tells you the story of, you know, the, the angels and demons destroying everything, but it's, you know, globe or galactic, you know, catastrophe and like the sun consuming the earth and shit like that. Like, 
I, I to me, it, it was just an incredibly vivid album. Yeah, and I, I love that. I think what you do get and and what Mari Cognitum is just so good at is kind of what I was complaining about on the last album, where those twelve minute compositions feel like complete twelve minute compositions. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of motion and change internal to each song, but it never feels like riff mashing. Right. Like it actually feels like each song has a very distinct kind of arc and ebb and flow to it. And it all makes sense and works and feels consistent. It never feels like, Oh, I need some more length. Let me wrap this up and do something different. Everything leads into everything else consistently the whole time, Mm -hmm. which is very difficult to do. Going off of that, one that I wanted to bring up is hearing both Spectral Lore and Mary Cognitum do their solo work, it makes it even more obvious why they work so well together. Yeah. Because they both bring their strengths together and they really play off each other's strengths really, really well. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things like once you've heard the separate work, like it kind of makes you understand why Wanders was such a like wonderful lightning in a bottle moment because the the elements that they both brought to the table cover each other's weaknesses so well, mm-hmm. like just so well. Yeah, I I, I pretty much uh, agree entirely with that, and I I do echo your comment about the uh, the song structure or the or the, I guess the album composition structure being a lot more coherent. I think on this one, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was a good um, um, amalgamation of, of ideas that were both distinct for each track, but but did um, flow and kind of an arc on the on the whole album together. Um, for me, I struggled to get enveloped in it as much as you did, Brandon. Um, I, I can't say I quite had that same vivid, um, you know, imaginative uh, quality when I listened to this one, but I did definitely enjoy the just the sound um and i enjoyed how it was kind of a a good foil for spectral lore this one was way more crisp it was much more direct especially the vocals thought the Mm -hmm. vocals were were great because in spectral they were more like everything was kind of washed together in a way and with this one you've got that quality where um the guitars just slam you so do the vocals um Mm -hmm. this is much more i like the vocals on here way more than spectral i did yeah i did too um, they were, yeah, the vocals here were the better of the two, for sure. I mean, you can actually, like, really get into them, I feel like. It's much more, um, you know, discernible, comprehensible. You know, it's kind of weird, I think, because obviously this is also self-mixed, and another part of why I think Wanders was such a, worked as well as Mari Cognitum clearly mixes vocals and guitars better than Spectral Lore does, mm-hmm. yeah. but Spectral Lore mixes the bass and drums way better. Like, I... I don't think either of these guys played live drums for a second of these albums. If they did, incredibly impressive, but I, I don't think so. No, I'm willing to bet Probably these not. are and, samples. And there are yeah. points where, you know, on this album, I kind of get that easy drummer sound. Like, you, you program mm-hmm. the blast beats, and it sounds like a programmed blast yeah. beat on samples. Which which is, is something we talked about on Wanderers last year, and we, we did say that it didn't really bother us. But I will say, as time has gone on, the clearly sampled drums on Wanderers has bothered me more and more mm-hmm. yeah. um especially on songs like like Jupiter where like having like a live drum just really wailing on the toms at some point I think would have added a lot yep um well I think there's there's a real big trap in programmed drums and that's that out of the box they don't sound very powerful 
And so what that leads you to do is when you program them, you you hit really hard on every single note and mm -hmm. you lose the dynamics, which, right. you know, we've talked about you can't go hard 100% of the time and sound good. I think that's a problem with a lot of these drum sample libraries is yep. prior to mixing, they kind of sound weak. And so you you slam it. And so every single note is as hard as the drummer can hit it. Like when they sample these things, when they sample the hardest velocity sample on the drums, sometimes those will break the drum heads. Like, it, I mean, it's literally you stand up and smash the drum. Okay. And so when people program these things, especially in the metal community, they sit there and every hit is that. Is that, right. Which, which makes the mix sound better at the beginning because you got all this power coming out of the drums, right. but... It just hammers away and at a certain point it all kind of... It, it starts to together, sound right? like, like yeah. when you play a, a blast beat, for example, all the snare hits should be like a quarter of the velocity of your normal snare hits. Mm -hmm. And that's just because... I mean, yeah, a drummer cannot hit the snare that fast <laughs> with that much power. Yeah. And, and so you have to have some knowledge of drummers to do that. And, you know, it very well could be. I haven't listened that closely, but that's part of why it's so, so, so easy to make that mistake and make sampled drums sound like sampled drums, whereas yeah. having an excellent drummer will be better every time. It is something I... Now, I've noticed with these and it's kind of like over time it's like when they go to the really fast parts like you know it does kind of take away from it yeah I mean I don't like blast beats just in general I think a lot of times too because awkwardly enough that's the same problem on real drums is that a lot of times they'll sample replace them because the blast beat sounds weaker because it's supposed to be this huge ah, moment, but the drummer can't keep up right? because I mean, you just physically cannot hit the drums as hard as when you're playing 80 BPM half time, smashing the shit out of them when you're playing 200 BPM 16th notes, you, you right. just, you, just you physically, physically cannot do, do it. And so they'll sample replace a lot of times there too. And so even with live drummers and great live drummers, a lot of times it gets weak, you know, they'll sample that drummer hitting the drum and in the same room. And so it's very consistent with the real drum sound, but it just, it doesn't, feel real enough it's now you know complete fair play i would so much rather somebody like mari cognitum use sample drums and bring me a piece of music that sounds like this mm -hmm. than not be able to produce like if you can't yeah, find like, a drummer that can realize the vision of your drums i'd just rather hear the samples yeah i'm totally okay with it given the circumstances but it, it's to me it is clear that they, they are drum samples and that does kind of upset me but the fact that I get to hear Mary Cognitum, it's like, you know what, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, it's it's not nearly enough of a detriment because because the composition is just so good. At, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the music always trumps the production. Unless you do something yep. heinous. Yeah, there's these moments that aren't a hundred percent the best, but but the music trumps them. But but to bring it kind of full circle, yeah, I think Mari Cognitum does not mix the low end quite as well as Spectral Lore does. Mm -hmm. And so like like the bass you have to really listen to hear here mm -hmm. whereas spectral or you know the bass is constantly there in your face mm -hmm. slamming right i will say i think i do probably like how this album sounds more i th just think the oh i 100 do yeah the yeah the guitar on here sounds so much better yeah than on oh, yeah totally than on spectral or even wanders uh, like i i really yes. love how the guitars sound on this album and yeah uh, I mean, it's clear they were going for totally different, you know, stylistic choices. Yeah, it's, I it's, think they both succeeded pretty well. Yeah, and this one, but I, this one is is it's so much easier to take this one in because it's so much more direct, and especially you know, I think the first track was my favorite with Antaresian, where you just get. 
totally slammed in the chest with with the guitar and especially the vocals and just this triumphant loud just not raspy but just like uh, whatever he does with his voice it despite being kind of on the on the more raspy side it's it's also very full bodied sound and yeah it really it's fun to listen to it's <laughs> it's pleasant's totally the wrong word but it's it's a satisfying sound whereas spectral was like Oh, that's grating. But obviously, that's not a criticism because that's what they're going for. This yeah. one is more, I think, palatable across a, a broader audience, I would mm -hmm. think. I, I do think, too, like, completely to his credit, Mare Cognitum takes you on a journey. When you sit mm -hmm. down to listen to one of his yeah. albums, you are going on a journey. I think the only thing that makes it a little less digestible is the fact that it's a very specific journey, mm -hmm. which on one hand, I mean, is a, a huge credit to his skills as a composer is that, like, yeah, it feels exactly how he wants it to feel, and that's cool, but it definitely hits a little harder on something like Wanders, where that journey's a little more grounded. Everybody can kind of relate to the solar system. Like, mm -hmm. it was so easy, you know, that everybody knows about the Roman gods, everybody knows about the planets. Like, right. the journey is very, very easy. The concept here is a lot more abstract, and so, yeah, you're going on that journey of an abstract concept, which is crazy impressive that he can take you on this random journey that you like like how well he communicates an abstract concept through music like this is incredible but mm. it's a little bit less digestible because it's so abstract and i i also think it kind of requires some level of buy-in from the listener oh, like absolutely yeah. um like i i think if you just went in blind and not knowing this was like you know uh you know a universe apocalypse theme you probably wouldn't pick that up you kind of have to like know what's going on and just kind of accept that that's what's happening um but that being said like i still think that being able like like you said yeah like being able to get these abstract concepts uh explained through music in a pretty effective way uh to me is just a huge compliment to his songwriting abilities yeah it's a it, and even though i didn't get the same you know um experience where i i had these visual it's still a very visual sound yeah you know even if i wasn't getting specific images it still conveys a feeling um in a way that i think yeah even if you don't know the backstory of the album i think most people would pick up on which is pretty cool i definitely compare his his kind of stuff to like it's similar to almost like classical music in a sense mm -hmm. for me in the yeah. compositional styling. I mean, could not be further from classical in the sonic qualities, but but the compositional style, it feels very, very classical, which is pretty cool. Like that mm -hmm. kind of that blending of, you know, modern extreme metal writing and very kind of, you know, this, there are some kind of universal concepts in music and regardless of what medium you choose to communicate them, he, he does a very good job of actually getting to those concepts that connect with people. Mm. As long as you can get past the harsh sound, you know? No, uh, there... It's always been a somewhat common sentiment that metal is the modern-day version of classical, which is not something I agree with a lot. Like, I mean, Cannibal Corpse, for example, what the fuck... Does Cannibal Corpse and Bach have in common? <laughs> like, Absolute rejection. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, but that being said, I with uh Mare Cognitum, I do agree. Like, it is a very modern, aggressive, classical sound. And 
And I, I, I love the hell out of that. Yeah. I, I love the hell out of that. It, it's, it's really cool. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I have a, a ton more to say on this one, but it's, it's super cool. I did want to, uh, highlight, uh, on luminous accretion towards the end. Um, there's like a breakdown and like, like you hear like the polyrhythms on the guitar. I had notes on that too. Yeah. yeah. Like, God, that was such a fucking sweet breakdown. Um, that, and that was probably my, uh, my highlight on the album. Yeah. Was, the luminous was luminous accretion. Accretion. That, that's kind of where I got the blast beat program drums thing the most was right at the beginning mm-hmm. but then it just goes into some of the most insane playing i've heard in a long time and then that transition into the breakdown and then the intro the outro solo out of that like easily a, an album highlight right there for sure that just mm-hmm. those kind of back and forth switch-ups are so cool yeah i also uh, really liked uh on the the opening track um uh and uh and tear how how that Interregion, the first song yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first song <laughs> whatever um i i just really loved like the the really soaring highs yeah mix like mixed with just like that pummeling low like in your face it's like super mm. guttural vocals yeah, on and, the, yeah. yeah and just hearing I, I i really really liked how this album was just almost so constantly aggressive but also still constantly atmospheric like once again, going back to spectral lore, where spectral lore was like, yeah, I'm going to be really, really aggressive and then throw 20 minutes of atmosphere at the end. I think Mary Cognime does a great job of bringing the atmosphere the entire time. Yeah, I think another highlight moment for me in the music is is probably on Terra Requiem, which we know this is a much more abstract concept, but if we kind of buy into some kind of like, you know, you know, solar system or galactic scale apocalypse type thing, I mean using Terra, I'm sure that that's supposed to be like, you know, the Earth dying in that movement or mm-hmm. or some Earth if it's aliens or whatever. I don't want to <laughs> don't want to be too concrete with this because it's definitely abstract, but I think I love the build up to the end of that track and then just ending on a big kind of screaming vocal hit. Like that's a very cool like like planet dying kind of concept. Like you end on just that like scream of the planet dying, like ending a track on a vocal hit can be really lame a lot of times, I think, but it works so well here with the concept. And I think part of that is um, like with, with metal and more with metal that has very abrasive vocals like this, uh, you have to learn to appreciate the vocals as an instrument, not so much as vocals. And I think Marek Agnim does a really good job of of that, of making it easy right. to hear his vocals as an instrument, not so much as, not as vocals. the words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, one complaint on this album, I do have. Um, if you read the lyrics of it, because on on the vinyl you have the the lyric page, a lot of those lyrics, it kind of just looks like he brought out a thesaurus and just like, how many really big words can I fit into <laughs> it? And it's kind of dumb. Um, I I, I, w- I wish I had brought it so I could show you guys because it's I didn't like even pick out words to be honest. Like uh, I, I listened to it purely as an instrument because I don't yeah. even think I could discern what he was saying, and I don't even there think are, I there care are to know. times I can, but uh, one one thing that I said on Wanders it uh, is not being able to understand lyrics did kind of bum me out because of just how poetic the the the, the lyrics are on that album. I'm kind of okay having read the lyrics. I'm kind of okay not. Having heard him because the lyrics are kind of corny and dumb. I mean, 
yeah, they're they're a little corny. And I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because you can't really make them out <laughs> without the effort to do it. But yeah. yeah, that's that's probably one of the weaker points. And I mean, it's it's a stylistic thing again. It's very much in his style to have that corny kind of. I mean. Mm-hmm. That the big words and all that kind of stuff, like, I mean, they fit his style, for sure. Yeah. When you get into, like, the weird uh, outer reaches of metal like this, corniness is kind of part of it to some extent. It comes back to that buy-in concept where yeah. you just have to buy into it. Yeah. yeah. One criticism I do want to mention, um, I felt like some of the guitar riffs were repeated too much. Um and it can work if you have like a really amazing riff, but I felt like a few of these, it, it, it they were decent riffs, but they just went on and They're on. They're not and on. quite good yeah. enough, like Spectral Lores. Right. Are. Well, yeah. I mean, Spectral Lores, the riffs were amazing, and they were always different, and they were mm-hmm. always constant changing. And this one was like he chose a few riffs and he repeated them throughout the song. I think the the final track was a prime example of this, where at a certain point I was just getting bored of it. I was like, give me something else. Give me like it's a the riff itself is not that great you're building the whole song around it and it just it kind of took me out of of the whole atmospheric thing it, it, it and I, instead i'm so i'm hearing this riff rather than taking in the music i don't know uh it's it's not a huge criticism because they weren't bad but to a certain degree it was just like you gotta give me you gotta bring it in with the rest of the music so that i'm not scrutinizing it i don't want to scrutinize it i want to feel it you know to a certain extent i agree with you um the the riffs are not as good on here as they were on like wanderers or spectral lore um it didn't bother me though and mm-hmm. and i actually really really liked the closing track i thought okay. it was a great way to wrap up the album yeah i liked it i, I think i kind of approached the riffs on this more as like a, a motif than a like a metal riff mm-hmm. and and that worked for me because like yeah if i was looking at these purely from like a yeah i want hard riffs Maybe not, but, but the yeah, I don't think Mary Cognitum's the metal band for you if that's what you're looking yeah, for. I, I think but these... a motif should be more subtle, though. Like, I, yeah, uh, like I, if you repeat it 18 times in a song, I, I don't even know if you can call that a motif. I, at I that don't, point. I don't disagree with you, and that there are definitely moments where I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm hearing this riff again, and there's a couple that are kind of played out. I, I don't totally disagree with you there, but mm-hmm. I did. Uh, it didn't bother me as much as it sounds like it bothered you. I mean. And it, it didn't bother me a ton. It just, a if I'm finding, yeah, if I'm finding a criticism, that's one thing I would point out. But no, I, I wouldn't say it. It didn't ruin it for and me. So, it was still. So I think we have to ask now, like, since, you know, they worked together in Wonders, who did the better job, Spectral or Mary Cognitum? Oh. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go Mary Cognitum. I'm going to give the slight edge to Mary Cognitum at uh, this point. I'm, I'm that sti- said, it's it's close. I'm sticking with my boy. It is close. No, uh, honestly, I, I don't even think it was all that close, I think. Uh, Mary Cognitum kicked the kick the crap out of. Okay. I mean, on, Spectral Lore is still really, really good. Like yeah. I, of of the two we've discussed so far, they're both very high on my list. But th- this one is definitely a, a solid bit higher than. Yeah, I, I definitely liked Mary Cognitum's better, right, and, yeah, and not give, terribly close either. I'll, I'll give the edge to Mary Cognitum, but um, I'm not going to set anything in stone yet. I think I'll have to. And it, revisit oh, I will year. definitely yeah. be revisiting these. Yes. Oh yeah, all of all of these albums throughout the year. I, I enjoyed them all quite a bit. I've, I've Spoiler alert! I listened to them a lot this week. You know, even for for the volume of music, how many listens I got in was was quite a few. And I think I think part of it too is just the stuff that Mary Cognitum is bringing to the table is a little bit more what I want at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like 
Spectral War stuff is, is so good for what it is. I think it's I'm just not quite as interested in that flavor of black metal as I am in Mary Cognitum's flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Yeah. Shall we move on move to on, our, yeah. our final Let's do it. <sighs> Neptunian maximalism. <laughs> One of the strangest bands I've ever heard. These guys are weird. These guys are fucking weird. Um so Eons was one of the most memorable listening experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Um, I think we all agreed with that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt on that one. Unexpected to some degree. It was it was a probably the best I mean, surprise of the year, right? <sighs> well, maybe Wanders for you, but for me it was probably the best surprise of the See, year. See, I don't know even know if I can necessarily call it a surprise, but I don't know cuz like going into it I was like I don't even know what the fuck what to expect? To what expect. Is it? Yeah. yeah, like well, what, what is, is like this? Like you're expecting it to be weird, but you don't. You I can't was really l- quantify it until you actually listen. I, to there's it. no way I could have expected no. eons before listening to eons, and God, that that album is just it's a it's it's a monster. Like, yeah, it, it's an absolute monster. Oh, and before we get any further, we there is something we need to talk about the album. The art album art. Oh, the album. God, oh God, yeah. The album art for this album. Is the best album art I have ever seen. It's pretty it's wild. It's, it's so yeah. fucking it's cool, so cool that it just. We don't even need to do our best album art episode no. next year. No, because this is clear because it's win. gonna be this yeah. album. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be very surprised if something beat that. Maybe we'll do it and we'll just like say like, hey, none of us get to pick Neptunian maximalism because <laughs> we all agree yeah, that it's the agree. best. Man, it's what an intricate, like haunting, like ridiculous i mean there's like the ancient egyptian alien yeah. love crafty and sacrifices so cool. you just like, have to see it we can't even describe it but yeah. i will say that the one of the like statues has like eight pairs of titties on it there's so many titties <laughs> in the album on it. and i mean i think since we're talking about we it, i don't count how many titties are um, there's, so, there's many. so many there's so you many count? i bet you could count you'd have to like zoom in but there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot when i get the vinyl we can you know get the magnifying glass oh you know what it reminded me it reminded me of kind of the set design of the movie alien to some degree uh like with the the big uh statues and whatever mm-hmm. and, i mean there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on but yeah and i mean since we're, we're hyping it up so much i should mention because it was mentioned on the band camp the the cover is a painting mm-hmm. called sacrifices by uh I didn't mean to butcher this guy's name, but Herve Scott Flament, I believe. He's a French artist, I believe. Yeah. And see that that's such a cool like moment of attention to detail too, is to like, hey, we've got this weird abstract concept. Let's go find an artist who can really and I don't know if this was an existing piece that yeah, they found and, say, was and it? liked. I, I don't know. Okay. But um either way, very good decision. You know, they yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. such a such a compelling piece that it makes sense to use. Like, so I, you know, obviously complete credit to the guy that painted it. Amazing. Also, really good credit to whether they contracted him to do that or whether they found his his artwork and and just yeah purchased purchased a license or, or whatever. I mean, somebody made a great call there. Yeah. So as far as the music goes. It's weird. <laughs> it's we- oh boy, is it weird? Um, well, I mean, we all knew that was going to be the case, though. Yep. How did you guys feel about it, though? I think I'll go ahead and talk about the cover art one more time because mm-hmm. I think when you have cover art that that you know thought provoking and that amazing, it kind of gives you an unrealistic expectation for the album. 
And mm-hmm. for me, the music did not quite rise to what I was hoping for. Um, it was good. Don't get me wrong, but not nearly as interesting to me as as Eons was. And while I thought it, it basically it hit all the points of what I expected and what I was hoping for, it it didn't hit it in terms of the composition quite for me. I, I almost feel like, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this album, but it, it's almost lacking something by only being an hour long. See, um, that's yeah. something I wanted to get into. So the very first time I heard this, I obviously go in without knowing what's about to happen to me because right. I have no idea where Neptunia Maximalism was going to go. And so the first time I heard this, I will admit this does lack the absolute like denseness that Eons had. Like, yeah. And like when I'm talking about like a dense record, like, like I thought To Pimp a Butterfly was a dense record. Like, and on that record, every time I hear it, I pick up new things. Right. On Eons, every time that album's so dense, every time I hear it, it's like an entirely different experience. Like that that has become my album for benchmarking how a sound system sounds. Like mm-hmm. how much of the detail in this record can I hear? Because not only is it so full of detail, but it's all happening at the same, same time. time. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, when people talk about like like Brian Eno and some of these guys that like high end audiophiles sit around and listen to it to just hear little details. Like this album is firm or not this album. Uh, Eons. Eons is firmly in that camp of just like, it's a wall of sound with so much, but not like smeared. It's, right. you know, it's a, a huge intricate. wall of intricate detail everywhere in the soundscape. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty disappointed with the lack of density in this album on my first listen. But on my second listen, when I kind of knew what to expect from it, or well, my second and subsequent listens, because I've listened to it like four times at this point, it opened up to me in a way that it didn't on the first listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's going to sound kind of weird. This is accessible, <laughs> I guess, by Neptunian. I know, I, I actually standards. totally agree with that. I was going to say, it's like, way more accessible. This than, is yeah. like, very much more accessible, yeah. And so I didn't get what I expected or even really what I wanted from this album, but I do think what is here is pretty fucking incredible. I I, I would pretty much agree. I mean, I think the, the composition is really cool. It's a really cool piece. Um, yeah, it's and also like it's it's one piece that's like right. fifty two minutes long. Right. Yeah, it's all one. And yeah. like think like getting a symphony almost from Neptunian Maximalism like that. That's really fucking cool. Like I I like that they didn't compromise at all on this because when you listen to it, there are absolutely points where they could have, well. And, and maybe I'll get into some, they could have dropped markers and said, okay, this is track one. This is track two. There are absolutely movements to this piece, mm-hmm. but I have a huge amount of respect to one, the band to knowing better than that and say, no, this is one piece. And if you want to listen to it, you're either going to have to scrub to seven minutes and 32 seconds, or right. you're going to listen to the whole fucking thing. And, and I think this is a good point to mention, like the best way I can describe Neptunian maximalism is literally just what they are. A, a free jazz group that releases on a record label 
that exclusively releases uncompromising black metal. Right. Like the, the record label exists only to bring you underground black metal. Right. And they have one group on the label that is, I would consider a free jazz group. Yep. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like that. And I, I have to rare that I would do this, but I got to give credit to the record label too, for like allowing this kind of vision mm -hmm. because Capitol records would have made them make this eight tracks. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. I, I did want to talk about, talk about void hanger, void hanger yeah. at some point. Cause Thank you so much for allowing these artists to do shit like this because yeah. there are not many record companies that would allow like a two hour black metal version of Gustav Holtz, the planets that get laughed out of pretty right. much every <laughs> record label meeting right. room ever. This yep. is, I mean, I, I haven't listened to everybody on there, but I mean, I think, uh, Isak Trillium's on this yep. record too. Mm -hmm. They're on there as well. So I, you We're listen four for four. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you listen to the albums that come out of this label, and it's clear that this is a record label that exists to promote a specific type of music, and and yep. it's it's obvious and when you the, give the artist free reign, right? Which it's, is it's great. obvious when you you listen to the albums that whoever is directing this label is all about finding talent that fits the label and letting them do their right. thing, right. letting them show off what makes them so cool. And it's, I mean, it's a crazy combination of, you know, impeccable taste in scouting these artists and then impeccable restraint in not meddling because I mean, obviously I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. They could have some producer that they're sitting in the room with these guys, but I don't think so because no. every artist on here is so distinctly unique and different but they've curated such oh, the a lineup. Is, yeah, the, I was going to say the curation is, I mean, every artist we've heard on here, it totally fits the bill, makes sense that they would. But they're all they're unique. All bring, yeah, they are unique. Mm -hmm. They're bringing totally different things to the table. And um, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it, it's clear this label doesn't exist to make money. They exist to back and release really cool albums in this vein. Like, mm -hmm. And that's that's so rare and so cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm so happy that they exist. Just because without them, we wouldn't have gotten these artists. There's no way you'd hear any of this music without yeah. somebody curating it. And like even like a, a you know like a metal record label like Metal Blade. Like I don't think Metal Blade is going to give these guys the time of day. Really, no. And they're and they're well known for being a relatively open, relatively yeah, you know, not messing with their artists kind of label. And they still, there's no way they would let any of this shit out yeah um but getting back to uh to solar drone ceremony um I, I i do still have a couple of complaints on the album one i didn't get as much jazz as i wanted um yeah um it's much more of like a sci-fi sound right which it's more just like an ambient or, yeah, like a in, yeah, like, like a, a sci-fi ambient, yeah. like a drone album, yeah. like a, like <laughs> yeah. a drone, <laughs> like a drone <laughs> album. Like you definitely get a lot more drone than uh, yeah. than jazz on here. Right. Which I know I really liked the 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 jazzy parts of Eon, so I was a little sad to see that go. But like, still like, like I I talked about like a vivid like uh, imagery and a vivid soundscape on. Uh, on uh, Mario Cognitum, this takes that to a different level, in my opinion. Like, this is just a completely, completely all-consuming, yeah. vivid image. 
Well, and like, and, I, and it all to go off of that. There is a visual component to this album. Oh, yeah. I'm that, excited to see it. Yeah, um, which when my vinyl does show up, whenever that is, it hasn't even shipped yet. It should ship last week. I'm mad, but um, <laughs> um, I so look forward to seeing that, and I am curious to see if it like if it's gonna yeah. add anything that's the to album. it. Well, and so are uh, yeah. to see what it does add. I, I feel like the you know solar drone ceremony being the title drone obviously and i feel like the the visual image of a ceremony in a sense cu- coupled with the album cover comes across to me yeah so you kind of get that like almost barren like empty landscape kind of sound right at the beginning and then you those real distinctly quiet little like whispers almost like Dude, oh going off kinda, of that one of my favorite fucking parts of it is it's around like the six seven minute mark i think when you just get like the faintest hints of that Barry sax for like yeah, yeah. one <laughs> second and yes, it's like yes. it's there, there it and is. it's coming yeah um and like it was it's moments like that where just such a tiny like it's just so neptunian i literally wrote that down yeah like, it's like so neptunian it and so fucking cool <laughs> yeah because the first like six or seven minutes like not They're much empty. is going on yeah. it's weird it's like and i almost thought it's like how are they going to fill out this 52 minutes? <laughs> well, and so then you they get fucking the, like, fill out yeah. these 52 minutes. Yeah. So, so you get that and then you get the kind of whispers and like almost like people arriving, preparing. Right. And then from like four, six, somewhere in that time period minutes, it just literally builds and builds and builds for a solid 25 minutes right. of build. Yeah. Right. I mean, 25 minutes of build yeah like yeah. That, and then you get the voice the uh the voice i think was a, a it, that's kind of, the chant comes yeah, in and it's, it's kind of like, like the, the ceremony has started yes. like that yeah. whatever is happening right. is now happening and then it just kind of rolls you know there's almost like a fall and a second peak around the 30 32 minute mark and and then it's like it almost gives me this vibe of like they're building and at 25 minutes they're they're having the ceremony and then there's right. like a couple minutes of like anticipation like did it work and then you get that second peak and it's like, oh yeah, and did. And then there's like celebration for the mm. end of the album. Like it's all, almost sounds like a party. Yeah. I will say though, I, as far as like, you know, building to a climax goes, I do think this album kind of blows its load a little early. Like I it's agree. like the solid, like yeah. last 20 minutes or so of the album are the climax. Like that's a really long time. Yeah. And that being said, I still think it sounds pretty incredible the entire way, but like, I'm exhausted by the end of it. Yeah, that was probably my main criticism is I felt like it it built and built and built and then like nothing else happened. Like like I wanted it to build either build to something or throw a curveball or something interesting toward the end. And I feel like it just didn't do that at all. It, like the last five minutes, it just, you know, the drums ramp up and it just it's just like a steady outro but i don't want a steady outro from neptune and i want something mm-hmm. i want something more, more interesting than that and i was a little disappointed by that um i just felt like there wasn't first of all sonically there wasn't that dynamic range that we got with eons i felt like this was just more you know granted it's more of a drone album which makes sense but i felt like it was just like a gradual build-up and then it just basically sustained that heavy guitar sound with and, and then just sustained it but not in a way that was super interesting. I think th- there is one part of this that we ha- we have ignored up till this point that I think kind of excuses a lot of these complaints is this is a live recording. Is, is it really? They did this in one take. They did this in one take in a live Wait, setting. Yeah. 
Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, like, like, like at the it. very end of it, like when like the applause oh, comes in. Did you guys that's... shit your pants? Like, wait, this was live. <laughs> you know what? I remember the applause, but I just thought it was something they they put in for. Oh, okay, so that makes so much more sense now. Yeah, yeah. No, this and is... in that case, I'm gonna like that raises it a bar for me because that's cool. That's, that's pretty really, impressive. That's really impressive. Like I had no like, idea. It's not like the intricately detailed sense that's right. soundscape of eons, but. Yep. The fact that this is a live recording Shit. is kind it's of mind blowing. Like, like that, in that case, that's that's really impressive. Like, that's bordering mm. on unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, it does not sound like that. We. I. Wow. If these guys ever come anywhere near, oh hell this, yeah. like the side of the country. Yeah, we're going. We have to go. Oh um, shit! I. How did I miss? Because I remember hearing the pause. Uh, maybe I just like blocked it out of my mind or something but it's it's wow. kind of sad too because i i almost kind of wish the applause weren't there yeah i know that's what's because mm -hmm. i was like i, was I like, really that's a really, really weird... hate ending on that i heard it and was like that's a really weird stylistic choice i don't i don't know why about it. and then you're like oh well, it's, it's live like oh, oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that that ridiculous, I, I, I do think they only put that in just to be like hey reminder well, this is live nobody would have known like i wouldn't have guessed that there's no way i would have guessed that I mean, the only way sounds, I knew that is because just reading the, the description very, on uh, on Bandcamp. This sound produced to me. I mean, this sound yeah. like they I mean, were, it still is produced and everything. I mean, but, but this like, sounded like you know they added some sounds here and there and like put meshed it all together. Not not that yeah everything. Okay, so in that case, that's pretty freaking cool. Well, and the, like the latitude you have production wise when you're doing a live recording is so much lower. Right. As soon as you've got multiple microphones and stuff, you're going to get bleed. You're going to get you know yeah yeah you can do a lot. I mean, people record orchestras and stuff, but but it becomes a lot more on the musicians to perform correctly. Like, you know, if yeah. somebody's too loud at a part, you can't really just turn it down because right. they've bled into other mics. It's it's there. You can do some production, sort of. Yeah. But at that point, with, with large ensemble live recording, I, and, you know, I'll consider nine people a large ensemble. That's not three dudes, you know. Right. At that point, it becomes so much on the musicians to be correct with their dynamics, to be correct yeah. with everything. And and I mean, on top of that, yeah, it's a 53 minute piece and you can't miss a note. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've been really unnecessarily harsh on this because I still really liked it. And I think like sonically, just like the ambiance of the album, like it's it's so up my alley and I really enjoyed listening to it. I mean, it just if you want to just like lay there and just be totally immersed in in a sound i mean yeah this is can we can we talk about that riff that comes in at like 32 minutes yes we can because it's amazing <laughs> that that was i mean i was so not ready for that riff no, um it's like a like a arabian sounding almost like flute thing mm -hmm. and i was yeah. i was not ready for that i did yeah. not see that coming i was i was like blindsided by the riff but oh is it so good it's juicy it's so good and it's yeah i love too how it's it's big and present and it once it comes in though it never really goes away right there right. are moments where it's not there but like you you hear that's a motif yeah that's a motif it, it is well it, and you hear yeah. those you know the, the the trails of it, it it fades in a little bit and stuff for the entire back 25 minutes of the album and just yep. oh so yep. good no i actually had stopped taking notes um around probably like around like the 20 minute mark just because i was like i just kind of want to just lay here just and vibe. experience this uh, but like when that like hit comes in at like the 32 or whatever, like I was like, oh, I need to gotta, uh, gotta note that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> like <sighs> such a good riff. Yeah. I, 
like if you go into this expecting eons, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. And I think that's why mm-hmm. you you might be a little harsh I didn't on expect eons. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so, so hard to follow that up. These yeah. Neptunian are so immensely fucking talented. Like, yeah. Well, like, and, and so I, I want to say too, uh, this is this is good to hear, and because we're talking about eons a lot and. The problem with eons is that eons is eons. Like right. you can never no no band that. in the world would I expect like and if there was another album that was three hours long and sounded very like I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't like that. Right. I I have a lot of respect and praise for Neptunian coming with a second release that, in my opinion, still sounds like them but is distinctly different. Like mm-hmm. the fact that if you heard eons like. How would you follow that album up with another album that sounds still like the same band but isn't like a copy paste? Like, right. like that's something off. that I, I almost I almost take away from Mari Cognitum's a little bit is like, no, yeah, it's yeah. a great album, but, but it's, it's a little samey. It's very similar. This is pretty wildly different than Eons, and it still sounds like Neptunian though, which yep. I would not like. I w- I wouldn't know what Neptunian sounded like before this. But having heard both of those albums now, like I have this mental image of how this ba- band sounds, even if it's wildly different. Yeah, no, I'm actually kind of going to disagree with that because these two albums are so wildly different. I don't like. It's almost like th- it's almost like Kanye, where like they can do whatever the fuck they want <laughs> and be like, "Oh, that's Neptunian. Look at them go." Like, <laughs> as long like, as there's Barry Sachs, yeah. We're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and I mean, there yeah. isn't even that much Barry on here. They. Swapped yeah, the berry for a Sopra Nino saxophone for the most part on <laughs> Amazing. here. Which, like, who does that? Like, nobody oh. plays a Sopra Nino saxophone ever. Like, you almost imagine and here their, it's like their front sax and player, center. like, walked into a pawn shop and was like, I right, well, and that's like, going on the album. And be like, that is the most adorable tiny <laughs> saxophone I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Guess I gotta record a 50-minute drone album with this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think I'm more in Eric's camp where I'm very pleased with the direction they went with this. Going into this, I was like, okay, so what does this band have to do to follow up Eons? Because, yeah, you, they can't make another Eons, right? That's yeah. You just can't tread that ground again. It, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't work. It'd be redundant. Uh, at the same time, I love their sound. Like, yeah. like, they need to keep, like, they need to keep that ridiculous, you know, 27-member five different types of saxophone you know sound that they have i mean that's that's what they are and so in that regard i thought this album basically did what it needed to do to be creative but also to give us that that classic and i think think they did a really good job that way yeah we probably mentioned this on eons and and i'm going to mention it again too though like blending crazy like metal guitar production stuff with other genres is really difficult to mm-hmm. like it's not a sound that sits nicely with other stuff like you run the risk of oh yeah i've got my my long droning death metal guitars and even just adding synth can be dangerous like and i you know to everybody's credit synthesizer existed on uh spectral or mario Cognitum and neptunian here and they all blended well but it's like the second you stray away from extreme metal classical metal instrumentation you have such a risk of being cheesy mm-hmm. like it's so risky and these guys yeah. are like blending black metal and jazz and it works yeah. like mm-hmm. i would never have believed that possible it's impressive yeah, yeah. there's never a there's really never a, 
a single questionable moment on any of their work. I mean, I've like oh. my biggest takeaway from hearing this is like, how the fuck did they pull this off? Like oh. coming out with like three hours of this shit in less than a year. <laughs> yeah. As their debut albums. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, they, they did have an EP before these two. Okay. And actually this album is a reimagining of the first song off of the original EP. Okay. Okay. Um, the first song off, which if you haven't listened to the uh, EP, I would recommend it. It's a lot more similar to Eons. It's a lot, in my opinion, less, um, less hashed out, I guess. Almost exploratory. Like, yeah. Will this concept work. Yeah. And experimental. Yeah. Much more experimental. It's much more raw. Um, but it's, it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you've been a fan of their work so far. Um, but like, it's honestly kind of hard to think like this is a reimagining of that because they they are distinctly different. wildly different. It's, it's almost more of a this is what we wanted to communicate and couldn't, so we're going to communicate the same thing but using a different tactic kind yeah. of thing. Did you guys get kind of like a Jim Jones vibe on this one, <laughs> like with the voice? I just imagine like, oh god, because apparently when when he uh, not to get too dark with this, but when he when he they fled to Guyana, he would like just hide out away from the the village, and he would just blast over the loudspeaker this like crazy propaganda. <laughs> and I don't know when the voice came on. I just like I had this weird visual of, of something mean, like that. Some, visuals of like cult imagery is everywhere on oh, this album. So, much so. Cult. so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and <laughs> it's like, would I want to be at this uh, solar drone ceremony? No. I don't think I no, want to be no, there. No, because no. you're gonna get eaten I, I, by I, a space <laughs> monster. <laughs> like, but also like another like another thing that I don't know if you guys knew about this, but it's like another level of detail for Neptune Maximum's music. He's singing in a language they invented. <laughs> Some like yeah. Tolkien bullshit, right yeah. there. <laughs> of course he is. Like, of course he yeah, like, is. Of course he fucking is doing that for this shit. They're, like, they're, they're a band where it's like nothing surprises me with these guys, and this is like stuff blindsides me. I don't see it coming, but I'm not surprised. It's like a. It's it's always. Oh, it was recorded live. Of fucking course it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he made this language up. Of fucking course yep. he did. Like. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, like, the level of detail in, like, their music is, I think, kind of unmatched by any other artist. It's pretty wild. I mean, oh, yeah, it's pretty wild. It, it's not the sheer monstrosity of Eons, but it is such a, just a wild journey. And it's, I, I it mean, really is completely unlike anything else I've ever heard before. And so in that sense, I, I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think this in its own way stands up with eons. It's it, but it is a completely different experience. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would obviously highly recommend this one. And this is probably I don't know that I've ever come to this conclusion before, but I would recommend this one even if you didn't like eons. Yeah, like even if too. you listen to their their first album and saw, thought, no, these guys are not for me, I would still try this one because it's it's a different vibe. It's like yeah. a second opportunity to get it's into weird, this but style. It's, it's way more palatable. I feel like it's yeah. like the sounds are more monotone. They're more it's more like a feeling. So if you, if you're able to, to stomach, you know, other drone music, you know, this would be it's yeah. not quite as out. I mean, it's still pretty out there. It's yeah, there, no, it's but, it's wild. But sonically, it's I think it's more relatable, and yes. so I think it's yeah. It's not two hours of drowning in sound. It's more like you know an hour yeah. of being attacked. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's significantly more palatable, but oh. to call this an accessible album still isn't doesn't ex- feel right. <laughs> it's accessible like, for what it is. Yeah. Which yeah. I think like that's pretty impressive in of a in it of itself. This one's yeah, I mean uh Eons was like falling into a just a maelstrom of of unfamiliar territory and this one's like drinking like a hot chocolate from another planet like it it warms you up but it's like kind of like what the fuck am i drinking yeah drinking the and there's still part of you there's still part of you thinking i think i'm about to die yeah oh yeah oh Uh, so i gotta ask at this point if if Neptunian and Wanders were, or I guess we can't say Neptunian anyway. If, if Aeons and Wanders were one and two last year, would any of the stuff we listened to this year top those? I don't no. think God, so. No. No. I, I'm in a no as I well. Would, yeah, they're good, but they're no, no, no. definitely um, not. Of of the ones this year, I would give the edge to Neptunian. It was my favorite of the three. Um, I'm back and forth on Neptunian or Mari Cognitum on yeah, this these one. These are all remarkably close for me right now. Um, I, I, I'm very confident that they'll end up in similar places relative to one another at the end of the year. I don't know where they're going to end up total, though. I really don't know. I, currently, I have them at one, three, and five. Okay. And there's two other albums that I'm sure people could guess yeah. are in there fighting, too. And I'm going to have to do a lot of re-listening this year between oh, no. those I have five. to listen to this album again. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not be shocked if those that top five for me right now shifts throughout the year. I mean, it, it will yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I would imagine so, too. I, I'm sure I'm sure these will get... I mean, they're, they're all pretty high for me right now, um, but I'm sure they'll get knocked a little bit throughout the year, I would, I would I, think. I hope we do, because... Yeah. I, I mean, really good, but if these end up being like top five albums, I'll be pretty disappointed. It would be pretty sad f- to me for our number one or our even our like top five albums this year to be slightly less good versions of our top five last year. Like yeah. if, if we sit here mm-hmm. and say none of these three artists entry this year tops last year's entry for me, if they end up top five, it's kind of like just admitting that 2021 was a worse year for music overall. (laughs) Exactly. The same guy is number one and it's still not quite as good as last year. Like that, that would be really sad. I Mm -hmm. hope that's not the case. I I hope that's uh, not the case. We still got like 70 albums to go though. So I'm sure we'll find some. We have to have some other stuff. Yeah. I mean, at at the very least we got MF Grimm this year and that's just something (laughs) that 2020 cannot say. So we did not have MF Grimm last year. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, yeah, I I don't know what else is. This was this week was every bit as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah, th- this is what I what I was hoping for. Um, it didn't. None of them blew me away like the the their work did last year. But I mean that it, their work last year was just such an immensely difficult act to follow. Yeah, both, uh, I mean, all three of these musicians last year were involved in some of the most ridiculous albums I've ever heard. Yeah, like I, both Wanders and Aeons are like. Those are like top tier albums for me. Yeah, like both of those albums are like on are now on my list of like my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. So, I mean, I was firmly expecting to enjoy all the bar for me was I want to enjoy all three of these, but I don't expect any of them to be as good as last year's entries. And I think I got exactly what I expected. I think in a way, Solar Drone Ceremony did exceed my expectations for Neptunian. Um but like I said, it's it's a very different experience, and so the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh man, I don't 
know if this is very good. But then, like, I when I, like, readjusted my opinion, or, like, not my opinion, my expectations, I guess, and I was able to appreciate it more for what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, like, when the album really opened up for me. I, so. I, I might say, I don't know that the album exceeded my expectations, but I think the band did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm impressed that they decided to put out that album. Even if, you know, even if that album isn't Aeons, isn't that good, I think if they had done that, it would have been a step down anyway. I don't think they could have made a second Aeons. And so I, I only want them to could. do something different. They have to do, yeah. they have to change something every time. I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... So yeah, I, I mean, recommend all three. Yeah. God, what a fucking first in-person session back. Yeah. <laughs> this was the right one. We didn't to, get to, to fight, do. but we got to listen to really good music. Yeah. I mean, we... we we Some disagreed enough on here that I was like okay with it. Yeah. But, um, but God, I'm just I'm also just really happy to be doing this in person again Me too. Yeah, it's it's way um, more fun. That and way. we and we do have one more uh, uh, special surprise, I guess, for coming back to our in person uh, recording. Uh, one thing that we had uh, discussed doing was doing some classic uh, album reviews. Um, but I, I was having a very hard time picking like, okay, what's one album that I want to, you know, talk about, do a classic episode on. It's easier to pick multiple albums. Yeah. And so, uh, I had the idea of like, let's just do our 27 album where we each pick three underrated albums, three overrated albums and three of our favorite albums of all time. Let's just do that again. Yeah. I mean, we had a blast with that. The yeah, first time. I, I had a I fucking mean, blast again. So we're <laughs> it was bring- a lot of homework, but it was yeah. That we're was a great, we're bringing so that two. series back. Um, I will be going first. I will be presenting three underrated, three overrated, and three of my favorite albums of all time. And I am really, really excited to hear that. And I'm sure we're going to make people mad. I know I'm going to piss Ben off with one of mine. Perfect. We need some disagreement. So that, <laughs> that's another good reason to bring back the series. Yeah, because uh, and. Because <laughs> I think our our fight over Dam and Daughters last time was like some of like the maddest we've ever done. Like, yeah. like yeah. that'll make the highlight real. Like those two arguments and the Kanye episode, I think, and are the Led only time with. Um, uh, oh yeah, and Led Zeppelin. Oh, physical, yeah. physical graffiti was a uh, huge. Yeah, uh, mad villainy too. Like yep. those are like uh, those are like some of the only times we've been like legitimately mad at each other yeah. talking yeah. about these talking heads. Also, that was oh, there yeah. was a lot of spice. Yes. I'm excited. All right. Well, so thank you all very much for listening. Be on the lookout for my my nine albums coming out. Um, thank you so much for listening to this, and please check out these three albums. Yeah, they're fucking they're fucking sick. And then so next week we're doing. Uh, oh yeah, shit. Mild sorrow integrated with Meadow Platinum Volume Three and Naked Flames Twenty Four Seven Three Six Five. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from those i know they're weird electronic albums one of them like says it's like bro step and like space ambient yeah i'm super I'm like what the fuck is that, that? i just <laughs> like, that, that one's got a great me. potential for awesome or horrendous yeah and I, I regardless i'm excited to hear it so join us next week for that and thank you very much for listening have a good night